Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblo Escapes in Discussion. Today, I'm joined by Andy Holliman to discuss his recent book, uh, Luminous of Light. Good afternoon, Andy. Hi, Ewan. Hi, thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. Looking looking forward to this. So before we get into talking about your book, um, obviously you're based down in London. You've stayed there for, I think, 20, 25 years. Um, you're obviously probably, much like me, being very much restricted to uh, urban uh, urban setting for the last 12 months, probably. Um, but before we talk about your book, it'd be great just to get a good insight into your photographic and artistic journey. Yeah, sure. Well, it, it, it goes back a long way. I, I really always had a camera of, of one sort or another. My parents were, well, my dad was a keen photographer. Yep. And my mum was an artist. So um, there's, uh, there's some input there on, on both sides. My dad had a, an Agiflex sort of folding six by six camera. Right. And uh, he had this incredible skill, which I never realized at the time. He used to take transparencies, never used a light meter. He'd just look and just uh, say, oh, about 125th F8. And they <laughs> nearly always came out right. Very and good. now I realize quite how clever that was. It didn't yeah. at the time. Uh, I had a little plastic brownie 127 thing when I was about five or six. Um, I don't know if those black and white pictures are still around the house somewhere. It'd be nice to see them. But yeah. uh, that, so that, that's always been there. We used to have Saturday night slideshows. was always a bit of a treat. Um, you know, we get the holiday pictures out or uh, any old stuff that he had around. And then that sort of developed. When I first did a paper round, I bought an OM1 and an OM2 and got into it a bit more seriously. Um, yeah. Got a subscription to amateur photographer. I'm sure that was a, a big inspiration for people. Well, it probably still is. I think it's still around, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and during my sort of teens and then university, it was generally photography around. If I was on holiday, I'd take cameras with me, take a couple of cameras and carried on that with, like that for a number of years. And I realised now I wasn't a very good film photographer. I wasn't technical. You know, I had, the, I had some nice cameras, but I didn't really understand metering. I didn't really understand filtering or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't doing it properly, in, in, as you might say, but um, it carried on for a long time. I've got drawers full of transparencies. I'm slowly I'm scanning at the moment to try and get <laughs> to the, into the digital age. Yeah. But about 10 years ago, I finally got to the point where I thought I should move over to digital. Um, I didn't want to, I got to the point where I wanted to buy a new camera. The stuff I had, I moved on to Minolta autofocus yeah. stuff then, which was very good, but it was getting a bit long in the tooth. And I thought yeah. there's not much point in investing in more film equipment. So go to digital. And because a few years ago, somewhere, I can't remember, somewhere Laos, I think, in, in uh, Asia, somebody asked me to take their portrait with a Nikon slr it just felt so good it felt nicer than my cameras cool. so that just said right well next time you buy a camera buy a nikon so ever since then i've had nikon dslrs yeah it's completely arbitrary that could have been yeah. canon and they'd have um, you know <laughs> yeah. they're all excellent cameras so absolutely uh, it doesn't, doesn't really matter but yeah i bought a d700 and once i got that it took me probably a couple of years to to use it properly but i got much more serious about the photography slowly learning all the things it could do yeah. read a lot more got a subscription to um outdoor photography yep. started seeing some great stuff in there but one thing that caught my eye leaning and patterson used to advertise their workshops in there and right. they would just do a whole page image of one of their fabulous abstracts and just put a few words at the bottom yeah and this really sowed a seed for me like you you can do that with a camera what are they doing how are they doing it yeah and then I found out a bit more about them. And then there's Valder and there's Doug and there's Chris Friel. And then, so that sort of the idea of doing something a bit 
different, a bit abstract, sort of that seed was sown quite early. And I just okay. yeah. developed that idea alongside a lot of other photography. But um, yeah, that's become the main part of my work. And if, if I'm known for anything, it probably is a sort of abstract ICM multiple exposure kind of work. Yeah. Very and that's good. what's led to the book, really. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously talking about your book, um, which came out, I think was towards the end of last end of last year, I think it was. Um, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's a, it's a, I, I like the way that you talk about it's not, it's not images of, it's not images of the pond, it's the surroundings and, and it's surrounding, it's, it's all the colours, the patterns, the textures and, 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 and it's effectively the light. So where, where, where did you draw your inspiration and ideas for, for the body of work that you've, you've put together? It's from all sorts of places. It's from the photographers I've mentioned, like Doug yeah. Bowder, Israel. Um, probably, I look at a lot of um, sort of non-photographic inspirations like art as well. I find yes. inspiration in music and poetry and reading, writing, cinema. Yeah. So these things, they all kind of get in your head and sit there and you don't necessarily know where an inspiration comes from at the time. But sometimes later you see something and you think, oh yeah, actually I can see where I got that idea from because I've seen this before. Yeah. So it's hard to say directly, but um, the, the pond itself works really well for me because it's very close. It's only 15 minutes walk from home. Yeah. And it's somewhere I can go back to over and over again. If I think the light's looking good, um, you can just try things out. There's no fear of missing out. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. You know, it's not like I've booked a trip halfway around the world. I've got to come back with fantastic pictures. So I generally only go with one camera, one lens, and see what the conditions, see what happens. Just try things out, mess around. Yeah, trying different ideas, multiple exposure, ICM, whatever. Yeah, well, I suppose the, the benefit of it being very close to you is, is that it's within easy reach. So, as you say, you can revisit over and over and over again. And if you go and try something out, it doesn't quite work. You maybe have a better understanding of, of the conditions in which the idea would work in. And it's very easy to then get back to it. Whereas, as you say, if you're having to travel 200 miles or even a two hour journey, it becomes harder and harder to to get an understanding and a knowledge of the and a real in depth knowledge of the the location and the environment you're trying to work in. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think concentrating on an area local to you, I think it's good for any photographer just to have that place that you can go back to, whether it's urban or nature or whatever, just yeah. to get to know something and work it well. And obviously, it's exciting to go into new places and travel. But particularly at the moment, I'm sure many photographers have found the benefit of having something on the doorstep. Or probably discovered things on the doorstep they didn't even know were there. Yeah, I, I think everyone's very much been in that case, and it, it really has been a case of trying to explore what's local. And um, I'm sure it'll be quite strange for everyone when we can travel, and all of a sudden people will just flood to go back to maybe the areas that they've been in the past. Whereas for the last twelve months, everyone really has been exploring the local parks and the the local scenes and the the local wildlife that they otherwise would probably pass by most of the time. Um, but yeah, talk, talking about your book, I, I, I really like it. It's not a style of uh, photography I shoot, um, or, um, but at the same time, I can I really appreciate it. And I, I like that. I, I really like the patterns and the textures that you create and the stories that you're Thank telling, you. um, particularly with, with the tonal range and just, just, the, just the range of, of the different patterns and shapes as well. It really, for me, it tells a, it tells a really nice story of what could be anyone's local park anyone's local environment that you can go in and it just lets your mind wander um, and lets your mind create its own environment um, and that's something that I, I really like um, I really like in your work um, and 
Um, what is it going to? Yeah, so in, in terms of the project, obviously I'm assuming it's been shot over quite a number of years and it's not something that's just that's just come about, albeit the book was a, a recent publication, but it's something that you've been working on for a number of, a number of years, I think. Yeah, I think the, the earliest pictures probably go back five years and it, it was never envisaged as being a book it was just one of those things that happens you know projects quite often are not yep. good at planning things like that they just grow into a collection of work yep. and trying i think ideas change i probably changed camera during that as well so now i've got a camera that can do light and dark mode blending right um so that, that gives you a lot more potential um the front cover picture i think is just an icm one yeah my I, one thing is is from the metadata on the cameras, you can't tell whether it's multiple exposure or not. So I've got no idea how I took some of these pictures. And I, I quite right. like that. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even I can recreate my own photos, let alone somebody else going back and recreating them. So in a way, I quite like that. You know, it's done and it's it's gone. And yes. it's, it's, sort of, it's just happened. But yeah, the, the body of work grew over a number of years, different times of year, the light's different, trying def- different techniques, new equipment, new lenses, whatever. Um, and it slowly sort of came together as... Probably the biggest body of work I've got at one place, right? Um, and became so it's got its own gallery on my website, and then the idea of the book came quite late into that. Yeah, and and did you when when you had the idea of the book, were, were there were there images that you particular shots that you were particularly looking to capture, or did you work from the body of work you already had and try to try to get a, a collection out of that that you thought would work well as a book? Yeah, I don't think anything was shot specifically for the book. I had quite yeah. a good collection and I'd sort of whittled them down and whittled them down to, I think, probably about 70 images. Right. And then right at the end, there was one really good evening when I'd already sent most of the pictures off and I had to slot in a few extra ones at the end because I was just determined to have them in there. And I think a couple of them made it in. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's always nice when, when you maybe manage to get something that just you think you're done, but then actually you just get one good trip, one good outing, and all of a sudden there's there's a couple of new ones that you really just want to sneak into sneak into the final the final finished product. Um, and in terms of in terms of working on it, did you were you I know obviously you worked with uh, worked with Greg, but did you collaborate or run run the ideas past other people? Obviously, you talk about a number of people who have maybe inspired you. And did you take any input and feedback from people who who you maybe know well? in terms of how how the sequence and how the body of work might come together not directly um not directly with the, the sequencing itself um i had a lot of um, support and help from doug chinnery he recommended yep. great in the first place before yep. i even had the idea of the book he was he was very supportive of sort of saying well you know maybe not now but you're going the right direction you could think about it in the future i just thought you know we had a nice chat over dinner one night and that's all very nice but when the zine came i did the zine idea came up with greg Yep. This seemed like a nice opportunity because it was a good scale. You know, I, yeah. I had no thoughts of you know producing a sort of fifty pound book with a hundred big pages in it. That just wasn't, wasn't going to work. Yeah, but something at this scale was quite manageable. I could easily get, say, 50, 60, 70 images together, get great to sort of knock them down to the right sort of number. So it was, it was a good scale for a first project. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think yeah, I think it definitely works. As you see, you've got you've got the number of images there to to then really to really draw it down to a very coherent body of work, which which you've clearly which you've clearly managed to do. Um, and it, it must be extremely rewarding as well to see something that you've worked for so many years on come together in a beautiful printed form as well. 
it is it is a fantastic feeling yeah i mean uh, I, i'm sure every photographer who's done it will say that that sort of holding a book of your own work in your hand is is one of the one of the most is one of the best things you can do it's so rewarding and it, and when you see them all together you know you, you have odd images you think are good but when they make a sort of coherent body of work like this it's it is very satisfying yeah and when when it came to sequencing did you largely undertake that yourself or did you just send a whole raft of images to Greg and, and he came back with what he thought might work? And were there particular images that you were keen to see included in it that didn't quite make the cut or images that were included that you thought, hmm, I'm surprised that that one's maybe snuck in there? <laughs> it's a, Yeah, it's an interesting process. I, I had an idea of a sort of flow, quite simple flow from the palest images through to the darker ones at the end. Okay, yeah. Which was quite simplistic so I'd sort of ordered them and sent them off to Greg and he very politely completely ignored me and came up with something that was much better um, and it has a sort of ebb and flow to it now so it, it starts with a bright image then there's some dark ones a little way in and the light comes back yes and it sort of it changes all the way through so he's made it much more um, there's more depth to the sort of the sequencing and the way he's done it mine was yes. quite yeah, very, 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 multi, yeah, multi-dimensional as well. I think it, it really works its way through different patterns because there's obviously a lot of textures and patterns in many of the images as well. It's not just yes. the reflections. There's, or it's not just reflections of the water, but there's, there's a lot of quite, uh, quite obvious structures forming in some of the images through the the reflections of the trees where they're particularly strong. And I think the balance works really nicely. Um, and also tonally, the the range of the range of tones in it is is quite incredible. But there's the, the it's a very very soothing flow. There's no sharp abrupt ends to one range of tones, and then the start of another range of tones. And I think that's been handled really really well. Absolutely, and I, I think I appreciate now having seen what he did, how well he's done it. You know, he's he's obviously an expert at this. He's done lots of books, but. Yeah. When you see the pairs of images facing each other, some of them are quite obvious, but he's picked some quite interesting pairs that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of, but they do complement each other. So, yeah, I'm really pleased with the way he's done it. Um, there were, as, as I mentioned earlier, just a couple of images that sort of snuck in at the end that I thought from the last evening shooting, he already had the sequence, but there were a couple that I thought too good to miss, so they got in there. Yeah, And I think once we had that sequence... There were a couple of earlier images that I was very fond of. There's a double page spread of a sort of, it's quite a pinky lilac. It's one of the most gentle images about halfway through. It's a full double page. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. I always really liked that one. That didn't make the first cut, but I was determined to get that one in there. So uh, he did accept that one. <clears throat> sometimes but sometimes you've, just got, yeah, you've just got to fight for what you really want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And I know you, I've, I've heard, you know, discuss with a lot of people, sometimes you just have to let go if, if an image doesn't work. Yeah. But I felt that one didn't match too much. And putting it in as a double page, it didn't have to match anything else. It, it sort of stands on its own there. There's a yeah. couple like that of the double page. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think... I and think... I think that's another thing we're saying about how well Greg's done it. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. there's another thing about, about how well Greg's done the layout because he's varied the, the positioning on the page. Yes. Some of them are whole page spread, some of them face to face. The layout varies as you go through as well, which I think gives it another sort of rhythm on top of the colours and the lightness and darkness. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it's a it's a it's a challenging set 
it's a challenging body of work because there is there is such depth and variation between the images, between the tones, between the, the subject matter as well, which is really quite incredible for when you're talking about an urban pond. Um, that's what that's what's really fascinating. It reminds me a bit as well of Richard Ernie's works. I know he's up in the north of London. He's there's a I think there's a pond that he quite regularly visits as well, and it's really nice to see. Yes, and it's it, there's not not all of it, but there there's certain aspects of it remind me of that, and it's really interesting just to see the the two two similar environments, but yet they can produce such very different styles of work and very different bodies of work and uh, different perspectives as well. Yeah, I, 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 it's Richard's uh, it's Prismatic Pond series, isn't yes. it? Yes, yeah. Regularly, yeah. So it yeah. is interesting, when, um, and it's one of the things I like about, um, about my pond is that the idea that you could have five different people lined up there and they take five different photos. It's even with something as sort of small and scruffy as that. Yeah. You've, you've got to make the work and you've got to work for it, which I think it's a good challenge for photographers. Again, it's, it's not, I'm not a big fan of iconic locations for, for my, for myself. Yeah. I wouldn't tell anyone else what to shoot, but I'm not particularly interested in shooting somewhere where you can recognize the location. I, yeah. I prefer a sort of abstract things. I really like um, Finn Hopson's work of the South Downs yeah. because they're not pictures of places. They're just pictures of the South Downs. Yeah, I yeah, really like yeah, yeah. His his work's really, really nice, and I think yeah, the I, he's someone else I'd love to see produce a, a really nice book. And I also love all his all the shots he takes when he's in swimming as well. I just find they're incredibly yeah. relaxing and peaceful and beautiful. Just to you can imagine just floating there yourself, probably without the camera though. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it's. I think I think this this collection has really come together very nicely and have you continued to shoot and add to the collection or or are you moving on to other projects now as well i didn't realize it but when uh, with the book it, it seems to it seems to me to have come to a bit of an end that yep. since then i haven't really come up with anything new yeah uh, but another strand that i want to investigate i've got a couple of film cameras so i'm trying to get back into doing medium format film photography i've got a Hasselblad and a fuji um six by nine yeah um, and there's something really beautiful just about the objects you know medium format transparencies are such nice things yeah so i want to take some velvia and try that out maybe even multiple exposure i think it's possible with the cameras i haven't quite figured it out yet yeah. but i'll um, just get to grips with those so there's probably another there's a new project there to do with uh, a different camera it can be quite inspiring just to have different equipment and the i like the limitations of the film cameras you know you obviously don't have high speed you don't have 10 frames there's no metering it's just it's all very slow and mechanical yeah, why well, I bought my first ever film camera uh, a couple of weeks ago. I kind of got it as a 40th birthday present to myself, uh, a Hasselblad as well. So um, I think I've shot <laughs> two rolls of film in it in total. So yeah, it's been, now I'm very much at the early days, but it's a, it's it's been a wonderful experience to use. It really slows, it slows you down and it's a, it's a totally yes. different experience. And um, it's, so also for me also it's the anticipation of not knowing what you're going to get until you get the and I'm getting them scanned by someone else just due to skills and space and time limits. But when you get the when you get the, the images through, it's wonderful to see 
what it was and actually if it comes out and it's been correctly exposed and it's relatively in focus that's a that's a phenomenal achievement as as, as i look at it but, but no it's for me it's something that's really quite interesting and um, i'm looking forward to developing a lot more and looking a lot more at film in the future as well and as you say it's yeah. like you're you're you will probably have an entirely different project based on the same pond by using different equipment just because of the maybe the restrictions or or the or the different opportunities that that presents as well i think so yeah yeah it's, it's a new challenge it's um it's a new way of approaching it and it just ideas will come out of using that equipment about what you can and can't do with it yeah and is try to on sorry sorry it's it's also something i've been thinking about a lot about slowing down about more mindful photography yeah my sort of mantra for this year been do less but do it better so the the film cameras are very much working towards this. They force you to slow down. They absolutely. Force you to do and, 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 and yeah, absolutely. And as a Scotsman, you're always thinking about how much every time you press the shutter button costs you. So from that <laughs> point, from that point of view, there's a natural slowdown process there. Um, but as as the whole project act giving you for me making some handmade books as I as I enjoy to do it's it's changed my approach and I you think about work differently and I'm thinking about projects and sets not so much big projects but sets of images and has doing the book changed your approach to how you maybe look at your work in terms of looking at coherent bodies of of images yeah very much actually that's an idea that's come together from a few different directions in the last year or so because doing the book was thing I restructured on my website site last year and added a lot more galleries under the abstract section so i did just have icm multiple yep. exposure but now they're they're much more themed so yep. that so they sort of become mini projects in themselves yeah and i did an online course with um, doug and valder last year and that was around they were they were extolling the virtues of project-based work yeah and i'm quite a big convert to it now i've got lots of i've got notebooks and electronic notebooks full yep. of ideas for projects and things just happen i think they just they just grow dynamically yeah. some organically some things will will stick and you you suddenly find you've got a project before you even realize it some yeah. things just fall by the wayside but yeah definitely sequencing work is, is an interesting idea yeah and i think as you as we talked about earlier it's a uh, it's the ability to look at some work. You've got your favorite image, but it doesn't fit in with the rest of the images. And it's the ability to say, no, that one has to go. And it's the hardest part. But once you do it for the first or the second time, it becomes far more natural to say, yes, that image works really nicely as a standalone image. But when you look at the whole series and the whole set, it kind of stands out like a sore thumb a wee bit. Absolutely. But then conversely, some images work well in a sequence. Yes. Almost like punctuation. As a standalone image, they'd probably be too weak. Yeah. But when you see them all together, you can see they're an essential part of the sequence. They just Absolutely. they just yeah. add something without shouting or saying too much. Absolutely. And in terms of your book, do you have maybe a selection or, or with the exception of the double spread, which we talked about, are there maybe a couple of other images that are particular favourites for um, for whatever for whatever reason, maybe it brings back certain stories or inspira- inspiration. It's a, an obvious choice, but the front cover is a, is a favourite. That was yep. that was a fair choice. I think I had three potential ones, but in the end, this, yep. this was quite a good. Um, there's a, I think again, as I was saying earlier, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it combines ICM and multiple exposure. Um, it's quite a. It's, it's an autumnal evening, I believe. There's some quite warm light in it. So I like yep. all the textures, the colours in it. It's quite painterly. If you, I mean, it feels to me like, especially if you cut off the light at the bottom, 
you've yeah. absolutely no idea what it is. Which, sure, which yes. I think is a good start. It's a good introduction to it. Yeah. Um, favorites come and go. It's, it's really hard with something yeah. like this. <laughs> I won't tell you which one, but every time I look at it, I think if I was going to drop one, it would be that one. Right. But then <laughs> I've had two print orders for that image, so other people don't agree. So that's that. Yeah. Obviously, that's that's I've often the, there, that's, so o- that's o- yeah that's often the way. It's it's you've got you've got a favorite picture out of a small set. And that's the one that no one else is really concerned about, but the one that you think maybe just sneaks into it, that's the one that everyone else will like. It's, it seems, <laughs> to, seems to be human nature and the way things work. It, it does. And try, trying to pick favourites, yeah, it's just I'm flicking through it now. Actually, no, I, if I was to pick one favourite, there is one, that one. Oh, you yeah. can see that? Yes. Towards the end, it's the sort of um, orangey, it's... This was one of the late, the last evening ones that sneaked yes. in because it was a yeah. beautiful light. It was also raining, so you've got the circles from the raindrops yeah, and the really. warm light from the clouds at the top and then the sort of yeah. lilac colours towards yeah. the bottom. Really nice. That's definitely a favourite. And the the very last image as well, the single one at the end, that's that's always been a yeah. favourite. Lovely tones in it. Just, yeah, very, Thank very, you. very summery. It's like a late summer's evening. That's really what it feels like. On, on the, I think on, it probably is. Yeah, yes. mo- moving <laughs> in towards autumn, and in terms, obviously, we've talked about a bit about the the process of working with Greg's. I think this was his first photo scene where you provide the images. He does. He does. He does all the design, etc. How was the process of working with Greg? He was really good. Um, yeah, he's obviously very busy, so had a, a fairly long to and fro by email. Yeah, um, he was interested. Didn't have time to look at the work, but once he did. Once he sort of decided, yes, it was something we could do. Yeah, um, it was a fairly quick process. Um, he's, he's. I don't know if you know him. If you met him, he's a really friendly, enthusiastic, really easy to work with. I definitely recommend him. Yeah, um, very easy going. Um, never complained about me telling him that I wanted this picture at the last minute. Can we yep. fit this one in? He was great about that. Um, but yeah, the project came together quite quickly. It's it's surprising actually that. It takes it probably took longer to get to the point of saying yes, let's do it, than actually from there to getting the book finished. That was yeah. maybe six weeks, something like that, for me Very actually great. having the book. Yeah. I can't remember exactly, but it was fairly quick. It, yeah, because uh, because he did the sequencing pretty quickly. Yeah, and did he advise on paper choices, etc., for you? Did you have anything in mind? Any ideas going into it in terms of what sort of paper you wanted it or how big scale-wise you wanted it to be or were you largely led by Greg's advice on it? The, um, the zine format is pretty much fixed. So the, yes. the size of it, the number of pages, that sort of thing is, yep. is fixed. Paper, he gave me a few options. Fortunately, I've got a couple of his books. So I could just look at the finish on the papers. Yes. And I wanted, um, I didn't want too shiny a paper. Yep. So this is, it's got a little bit of glaze on it. Yeah. But it's not it's not glossy paper and i'm really happy with it it's um yeah. the printing and as you know he's got the uh, he's got the presses next door and the quality of the colors and the printing and everything is, is fantastic it looks really good so uh, i'm very happy with the way it's come out but yeah just a sort of light gloss paper it's excellent it's got a nice weight to it as well it feels it feels nice even though it's really quite cheap i think really quite good value for what he's produced yeah 
No, I, I, I think it, it, it feels a real nice weight and it's a nice size as well. I don't, it doesn't feel too small. It's slightly bigger than your A5 size, which I think seems, which is very popular. And yeah, as you say, yeah. it's, got, it's got a really nice feel to it, nice paper thickness to it. And, and I think the paper choice works really nicely for, for the, for the images and, and for the work as well. Um, yeah, the, the colors really just stand out and jump out at you, which I think, uh, I think is really, really key. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lovely publication. Um, I have to say, and obviously we talk about books on this podcast. Um, so I'm, and I'm always really interested, as I say, every week to know what your favorite books are from other photographers. Um, I could probably take a hazard, I guess, at some books that might appear in it, but I won't. Um, so I'd be interested to know maybe three, four or five photo books that, uh, that you take particular enjoyment and pleasure from, from other photographers. Well, narrowing it down, it's very difficult. So I slightly cheated. I've got two parts of books here. I've got the five that nearly made it, which right. I'll just read through. Yes. Um, okay. Which are Paul Sanders' Solace, Doug Chinnery's yeah. recent book, Ohanami, yep. Landscape Beyond, and In the Dreamtime by Nikki Gwynne-Jones. Right. So they're all the nearly ones. And then I've got three, which are my favourites. First one is it's also cosy books. is um, I'm Not the Rain by Simon Ashmore. Yep. Then if you know the book, it's it's not a million miles from what I do. It's it's quite abstract work. There's a lot of detail in there. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot yep. of meaning behind it. And uh, I'll, I'll let people sort of familiarise themselves with the book. I won't tell you the whole story behind it. But there's a lot of personal stuff in there, personal to him. And the title is very significant. But the work is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's abstract. Some of it's the sea, although... I think if you didn't know, you probably couldn't tell it was to see some beautiful tree work. Um, we bought one of his prints, having seen the book, and it's really it's nice. even better when you see it printed. Um, yeah, A3. it's absolutely beautiful. It it could be painting, it could be photography. It's 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 a fantastic book. And um, I should say, I mean, my my idea of the perfect photography book, it's it's a sort of the antithesis of something like Instagram. It's a book that. I want to look at slowly, look at each picture for a while, not go through the whole book in one evening. Ideally yeah. with a glass of tasty malt or something and just Absolutely. take yeah. it in with you slowly and, and enjoy it slowly. And this, this is all three of these books, I think, really encourage that sort of approach, as does something like Paul Sanders as well. Yeah, I think, I think, I think you touch on a really good point. A book's there to be enjoyed over and over again and slowly and take in each image and each, so many images are there to just make you stop and think as opposed to Instagram or Twitter and it's like scroll down at 90 miles an hour and it's just like 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 and before yes. you, you, you it's an entirely different approach and it's even a very it's even a, such a different experience from viewing work on a website as well because there's the whole tactile element of books as well which which you don't get even just scrolling through someone's website that you do get on paper, paper choices, weight, size, scale, everything like that, that just really add to the experience of, of what you're looking through. Yeah, so, the colour and the detail, it just doesn't come through on a website, unless you've got a really big screen, maybe a really big picture on a big screen, but I don't think it's the same experience. No, I think it's, I think it's a very different experience. So the next one... Absolutely. Yeah. And it's never as good. I, I read something recently that said we, for some reason, I don't know why, we find it harder to concentrate on digital media than do on print. Yeah. Whether it's reading or looking at images. So I, can, I can understand that, but um, it's easy to linger over a, a good photograph in a book for a long time. 
yeah. on a screen, it maybe it's just habit, but it feels natural to just swipe onto the next one, swipe onto Absol- the next yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. Next one is um, I'm not sure about the pronunciation, but High Indy, Bruce Percy's book. Oh yeah, uh, I absolutely love this book. It's just it's so subtle in the colours, although yeah. it is all colour. I mean, some of it's almost monochromatic and just. Just opening at any point, the way he's such a craftsman with the way he works with tone and colour and yes. composition. I just love looking at his work. It's again, when you the longer you look at it, you think that's really clever the way he just put that hilltop there. And yep. he's just put a little bit of light there, a bit of colour. And it's um I don't know if you saw the videos he did with um Sam Gregory. Yeah. They did a number Distressing of each one. Videos. Yeah. Yeah, and you just realise how much thought goes into it, what a craftsman he is, how much technique there is, as well as an artist. But uh, it's it's just fabulous work to look at. I, I don't know if it's subliminal. It's obviously all taken on Velvia with a House of Blood, which um, yeah. which helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh, yeah, it's, it's a great, some of the bo- pictures, great body of work. Yeah. Some images, there's almost nothing there. And then when you look at the edge where the page is white, you realise actually there is just some soft tone there, just some cool yeah. warm tone to it. Yeah. So, Fantastic. Unfortunately, I should have been on a workshop with Bruce in January, but um, that hasn't happened this year. So, Is, which where was that? To we uh, should have been in Ascent for a week. All right. Yes, lovely part. Hopefully, it will happen next year. Yeah, it's not an area I know, so I'm really looking forward to that and um, yeah, getting to meet him and I'll probably take the Hasselblad with me and uh, try and get some tips from him on that. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, it's it's. It's a very, very particular style of photography. It's a style of photography I, I really, really like. And uh, yeah, very, very, uh, very, very, a lot of attention and care paid to the tones. And and to, I think when I spoke to both him and Darren um, for an episode previously, it's like the attention they have to pay with the printers to make sure that the tones get brought out because it could be so, they could, some of them could so very easily be lost in the printing process when you see how, how minimal they are and how how faint they are, but yeah, they really just make a big difference to to how you can appreciate the work. Yeah, and they've done a fantastic job printing it. I mean, it must be difficult because of all the subtlety in it, but um, it really yeah. works well. Yeah, and I think the whole production of it's really really nice. It was really great to see them do a hard cover as well. Okay, this the, the past couple of books have been soft covers, which were both beautiful, but to see the hard cover was really, really nice. And again, just the attention to detail with the with the finer points, the end papers and the foiling on the front cover. That's what I think really begins to make a difference to when you're comparing one book to another, when you can just see the the finer details have been have been given such care and treatment along with the images themselves. Oh definitely, yeah. I mean it feels like a beautiful thing as an object. It's it's well, it's, it's like the size of an LP cover, actually. I don't know if that's intentional, yeah. but it sort of harks back to the days of, of you know, a 12 inch square is, is a beautiful size, just yeah. as an object. It's really nice. So I was looking at um, Bruce's, one of Bruce's blogs recently, and he wrote, reposted an old image into his current sort of style. Right. And it's, you can see how it very, it sort of fitted in with the tonality of this book. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, if maybe 10 years ago, I would have liked the other image more. But now I could see how even his older work, when he brought it up to date in that style, it just it looked much nicer to me before it was a bit more coloured. Yes. Whereas yep. now he's through, he has the way of bringing, bringing out just enough colour, but it's never too saturated. It doesn't have that sort of Instagram oversaturation effect. It's, um, 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with you. And it'll be, I must say, I'm looking forward to his new book, which is due out this year, uh, focused on Hokkaido. I think that will be a, that will be a really incredible oh, body right. of work as well. So I think that goes in pre-sale this month, I think it is. So um, that'll, that's that'll be, yeah, that'll be a good one to look forward to as well. Definitely. Right. I'll be in the queue for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and your next uh, choice? The, uh, the, the last one I've got is um, Drained by Paul Hart, which is uh, another beautifully produced book. It's a beautiful object, more square Hasselblad images. Yeah. But um, it, it's, again, it's sort of, it's the minimal subtlety in his images that he seems to get so much from so little. There's one of my favourites in here. I don't know if you know it. I'm trying to, just trying to find where it is. It's a picture of a crossroads in East Anglia in the mist. And it's just... Just the roads, there's there's no landscape at all. It's completely flat and there's some overhead wires and things. And it's it's just perfectly put together. Just trying to see, just trying to find it. It doesn't work very well on a podcast, so bear with us, listeners. Oh, I think I see it. Is it on page 60? That's the one. Yes, that's it. It's just such a fantastic image. It's called northlands if anyone has a copy of the book or would like to look up poor Hart's yeah, picture Northlands. but yeah i love that image it's it's just makes so much out of so little and i think that's that's what that's what i like about this book yeah you can you can just learn so much about composition from it and and i really like the idea again going back to what i was saying earlier about making images out of nothing there are no big landscapes in there nobody knows where those places are it doesn't matter Absolutely, yeah. You could, you could be anywhere, and it's 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 the work the, the work speaks for himself. And that that whole trilogy set uh, is is a wonderful body of collection of work from Paul, which I I must say I really really like all three books. Um, mm. I think I think the only the only one thing I have to say about all three books is that when someone decide when someone designed the last one. That they put reclaimed the, the on the spine. The text is slightly lower than the other two, so when when you look at it, it doesn't all sit perfectly, which is just a small bugbear. But we'll we'll let them off with that. But yeah, again, really really nice book, um, nice body of work, and beautifully printed as well. I think I think that's the yeah. other thing that the quality of the print and the attention to detail really is 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 first class with them. Um, which again. Mm. Uh, sets it begins to set it apart from a lot of other books as well. Definitely. Do you, do you have a lot of problems with OCD, you? Just uh, I know just just with that when they sit on my shelf and I can see them most because most of them I don't have and it's not all full sets. But that one is just they sit beside each other and is just only about a fraction of a centimeter or something below, and it just <laughs> is one of these things that bugs me. It could have so easily been avoided. I completely understand. <laughs> but no, other other than that, it no, would, and it's one of those things that once you've seen it, you can't. Continue. Uh, well, absolutely. Every time you look at it, you just see that point. So um, I don't think they'll uh, I don't think they'll correct it anytime soon. But again, yeah, I really like Paul's work. It's it's not an area I know at all, but it's I can really enjoy spending a lot of time looking through many of those images and just really very very atmospheric. Yeah, same for me. It's not an area I know, but uh, yeah, it's and it it's a particular time of year, isn't it? It's obviously midsummer. It wouldn't work. He must he yeah. must spend six months with his camera just in the cupboard doing nothing. I know that's it, and then just get it out every time there's a wee bit of mist, just to just to create create the body of work, <laughs> like like so many of us do as well. Yes, 
So what's uh, what's next for you? Are you? Have you got any other projects that you're working on at the moment? Or um... uh, so many ideas. I never have enough time for all the things I'd like to do. Um, yeah. Going back to what we were saying earlier about project work, I really like the idea of um, small runs of handmade books. That, mm-hmm. So that's something I want to investigate. Yeah, um, something. I, I couldn't produce the quality, but something along the lines of Paul's book, a concertina book. I really like yep. the way it forces you to lay it flat. Yes. You can't. You have to handle it in a certain way. It almost grabs your attention. Even yeah. though it's small, you have to look at it. And the yeah. way the images work in there, I really like that. So I'd like to have a go at making a few things like that. Um, yeah. I, seem to, I seem to find that the projects work quite well in smaller numbers. I mean, something like the pond has, has come together over a long time. But sequences i've got on my website something like 12 up to about 20 images yeah and you could go and shoot more but they seem to have come to an end on their own so each one of those might make an interesting little book of something yeah. some sort i'd like to get that yeah that's uh, a, lot of, a few of the handmade books i make there may be 11 to 15 images which i find is actually quite a nice number to work with and it's yeah. not something that needs to be spent doing a long time. And, and in fact, some of them, they are shot in one go. It can be just one morning or one day's outing that creates enough work to create something that's actually quite nice. And you make it, you don't need to make it for anyone else. But yeah, just a nice, small, handmade book that can be really well printed because you can print it yourself, really control over that. You can have really specific paper types that work well for the body, for the set of work. Um, and, and just get yeah, nice, nice covers and, and away you go. You've got something that sits nicely on the shelf and you can actually enjoy, therefore, looking at your own work in a nice book form as opposed to having to look at it on your big monitor. Definitely. It's much nicer. I've got a couple of little books I did last year just to try it out. They're sort of, um, one's a Japanese sort of stab bound one. Yeah, stabbing stitch, yeah. 16 monochrome images in it. And another one's just the very basic yep. bound through the spine try it out and it is really nice it's really satisfying to hold it in your hands it's um, yeah it's nice to have a tangible as you say it makes you want to look at it which once they're on the computer you know you don't you don't go back and look at your own work very much no so no, that's different i like the idea of, as well of trying to get a book out of one film so if i take 12 frames on the Hasselblad or even eight yeah. on the fuji can i can i get all of them good enough to make it viable to put them together so that that's a challenge as well yeah, well, that that's it. Yeah, you could even even if you have one or two that maybe don't quite make it, you've probably still got for something that's handmade. You've probably there's probably definitely something there that actually is is a big enough quantity to make something that's just a wee bit different and a wee bit special. Yeah. So yeah, that's I'll be doing mini books of the pond based on film. So that that's something going forward. Um, yeah. When. When and if lockdown ever ends, then travel will become a possibility again. So yeah. I've got. Uh, I've got Bruce's workshop. I've got a couple of other ones backed up. There's one to, I should have been going to Isla next week with Paul and Margaret. So that is going to happen sometime later in the year. Yeah. Um, I've got lots of other little projects that I want to work on. There's one I was shooting this morning. Actually, I had a nice moment. It reminded me of something Paul Kenny said that I was taking a picture of some trees in the park and I had to step back to let somebody walk past. And they saw what I was doing and stopped and looked at the tree. And you could see they were looking and then they looked again and thought, Oh yeah, that is a really interesting tree. And it, it was just a really nice little moment where they yeah. sort of smiled and said, Yeah, I can see why you're taking that picture. And then yeah. they carried on. But it just gave them that moment of stopping and, and looking at a tree they might have just walked past. So yeah. That's a nice experience. That's a nice wee moment, which is always good. But uh, yeah, but 
on that note, just would like to say thanks for joining me, Andy. It's, it's been a pleasure speaking to you about uh, about your book and your work. Um, really interesting, as I say. I really like the I really like the body of work that you've put together, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing what you produce from your pond with the uh, with a film camera. So no pressure there whatsoever. <laughs> Well, no, there's always pressure. There's always pressure on myself to make it good. But uh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, great work on the podcast. It's costing me lots of money buying all these books, but it's, yeah. uh, it's great. Well, really that, it. that's yeah. I, I think that's about the only complaint I ever receive is that it costs people too much money. But um, you now know how my bank manager feels. So I'm quite pleased that out of your selection of three books, I've got two already. And, and I certainly know Simon's, Simon's book as well. So I'll have a look at that and It'll probably get added to one of my various many wish lists, but uh, at some point we'll get around to buying some more. But uh, yeah, thanks very much for your time, Andy. Thank you. Great to talk. Cheers.